Welcome back to Functional Spirituality. I'm your host, Ava. And if this is your first time listening, you might not know that I've been on a healing journey for quite some time and that I started practicing yoga in 2008 like a fanatic and since then have been on this fervent path for searching for both truth and healing. And after I opened up my yoga studio in 2016, unresolved material really started to snowball and it reached a peak in 2018, at which point I started to move in the other direction. I started to move towards the material instead of away from it as I was dealing with an eruption of complex trauma and PTSD and unresolved unconscious material, the same material that had plagued me my entire life ever since I was a teenager. I distinctly remember journaling about suicidal thoughts, depression, meaninglessness, hopelessness, and and suffering, you know, in various forms. And like many of us, I wanted to get to the root of things. So after this material material kind of built up to a peak and um and undermined the way I was functioning in everyday life, which was kind of like a rock bottom and in so many ways a godsend. I you know cherish and think so highly of of those rock bottom moments and phases because that phase went on for for years after that um deep into 2020 i was still in that rock bottom um digging in and trying to find the root of things and i ended up in the field of developmental trauma and this podcast is going to share one of the most profound insights i've ever experienced so not just something i learned about um, although I did learn about it in more formal education ways, it was an insight that I've experienced and I continue to experience and what I call the root of my trauma. So there's this idea that there is an event or something we can objectify that is the root of our trauma. And I almost wanted to call this podcast trauma is not an event um, or, you know, personal history is not our trauma specifically. And actually, in my experience and in the kind of leading edge of research, trauma, the root of our trauma is actually a feeling. So what we want to heal and integrate and bring awareness to is actually a feeling. Because if we think about the root of our trauma, we want to do something to that, right? We want to heal the root or we want to reveal the root of our trauma the way we normally think about it as an event. Think about what it is that we desperately seek to do with that. We we want to know the truth and we feel like 
having an awareness of what happened and then maybe even having a conversation or writing a letter or, you know, burning that um, residue of that event. In many ways, I believe that those are appropriate approaches, but what we're, but the root is actually a feeling. So how does this all work? According to the field of developmental trauma, we experience attunement failures at a young age, along with many other environmental failures. So we actually experience chronic attunement failures, so continuous failures of attunement, along with other environmental failures such as um, abuse, receiving things that we don't need or want, um, and neglect, so not receiving things from the environment. It, it could even, you know, a lot of time it's just physical um, needs that are not being met. But the attunement need is what's highlighted and explained in developmental trauma, which is so important because it's been so overlooked. So a lot of our physical needs are being, have always been prioritized. Air to breathe, so we can't just roll over in our crib and have our mouth pressed against the or our face pressed against the blankets because we will die if we don't have that air physical need being met. Of course, we need water. We need food. We shouldn't be drinking alcohol. We, as an infant, we shouldn't be exposed to smoke or other toxins. So those are, are kind of known and they're protected and valued by our society. But the attunement failures are just as important to the development of a human being. So what is an attunement failure? This is specifically speaking about the developmental period. However, you can definitely extrapolate this out to adults as well and you in an adult body and with adult relationships. But as a child, as an infant, as a fetus, humans are 100% dependent and uh, on their caregiver. And that dependence slowly decreases over time from birth. So because we're 100% and then, you know, very, very dependent on our caregivers, being attached to our caregiver is the number one survival need and priority and skill that we have as babies and then even as children and as teenagers. So we need to, as much as possible, our biggest priority is to protect our attachment to our caregiver at the neglect of absolutely everything else. So we have primary and secondary ways of ensuring that we are, that babies ensure that they are attached to their caregiver. An example of a primary way is that if the attachment or if that attunement need is not being met, if we're not being, if we're not feeling connected to a caregiver, to an adult, 
that a primary response might be to protest. So to scream and cry if we don't feel connected. A secondary way of ensuring that we increase our chances of attachment as much as possible might be to shut down that protest. So we have secondary survival, these adaptive mechanisms to increase our chances of survival that say that at a certain point, if the protest doesn't work, our next attempt will be to shut down that protest response. Especially if our protest is being met with anything that signals that the attachment is getting worse, say that the caregiver gets angry or gets more distant in any ways, then the protest isn't working, we'll try something else. And those secondary ways are actually ways of shutting down um, and disconnecting from the primary ways. So it's hard for us to really imagine this and also it takes some time to let the gravity of this land in our system that this was what we did continuously because our number one need was not to think about how we're going to get our next food source it was not to problem solve it was not to you know fight off of this or Um, you know, defend ourselves from that or go and achieve this or go and achieve that. None of those, none of like the way we live our lives now as adults is not the process that was dominant for when we were children. When we were children, all we were doing, and especially when we were babies, all we are doing is sensing attunement to the caregiver because that's our only chance at achieving all of those other needs to be met. And this field of developmental trauma is, it's relatively new. If we think about how long human beings have suffered dysregulation and suffering for, the the field of developmental trauma is relatively new. We don't see these concepts in the ancient wisdom traditions. There is an, you know, illusion or there's this referring to the idea that we have, that the causes of our suffering exist in our subconscious mind. However, how they're being put in place is relatively new and only now seeping into psychology and medicine. And what this podcast is, it's a form of psychoeducation. So psychoeducation is as important as the tools we employ. So as practitioners and healers and spiritual people and yogis and energy workers, and also just normal people as well, um, you know, in the public, we will throw anything at our disease and our suffering, trying to get it to work. But it's so important to also understand these adaptive mechanisms of our nervous system and how they came into place, this idea of primary and secondary ways of ensuring attachment, to really understand why and how, like to go into the details and create this framework of deeply understanding 
how attunement works and what those attunement failures represent, when we get that psychoeducation, it's like a form of consent inside of our system that supports us to heal way better, way cleaner, way faster, because our system then knows what we're working with. The intentions are clear and we actually start to leverage the intelligence of our body for our conscious intentions. Otherwise, we just have conscious intentions. I don't want to feel that pain. I want to feel way better. I don't want to keep having these thoughts about this person. I don't want to keep behaving in that way. Those are conscious intentions. And then we do to our body. But psychoeducation is where our body intelligence is being leveraged and being consented with and we're feeling if these principles are true and how they relate to us and it's actually leveraging our unconscious intelligence of, you know, protection because our our unconscious intelligence that wants to protect us doesn't care if we're living in fear as long as it's safe. Our conscious mind says, I don't want to live in fear. I'm pretty sure I'm already safe. This feels contradictory and limiting. And that's our conscious mind that is having those ideas. But our unconscious intelligence, if you're trying to kind of fight in and do stuff to the unconscious intelligence, it has no reason to give in to that. Because it's just protecting you. It doesn't, it doesn't care if you're living in fear as long as it's safe. That's what those protection mechanisms are for. So the next part of this is quite heavy. And we definitely go way deeper into it in more supported containers. But basically, one of our adaptive mechanisms are what's quite common amongst the secondary way of ensuring we remain attached is to shut down and internalize a feeling of badness. And a lot of you would have listened to the podcast, I believe I'm a bad person, which touches into this as well. So as a baby, when our you know, we haven't developed our conscious mind and our problem solving. We don't even have a map of reality to which we refer to, you know, oh, apples are good and maybe I like, maybe I should eat this or whatever. Our main prerogative is to remain as attached and to ensure attunement as much as possible. We do not separate the environment as being bad and us as being good when the environment fails us. And the environment can fail us in subtle relational ways, and it can fail us in, you know, uh, grave relational ways, and same with physical ways, subtle and more extreme. And we, at the, babies don't have that capacity to say, well, the environment is bad and us is good because that would actually be way more excruciating and hopeless if the environment was bad and we are good. As adults, the opposite is true. 
it's very hopeless to believe us as adults with all of our capacity and problem solving and thinking and psychological self that we're bad and the environment is good. But as a complete dependent on the environment of being good, we need to actually, or what happens in the system is that badness is internalized and the environment is projected on as still being good and worthy of being attached to. And if we believe that there's something wrong with us, remember it's not actual thoughts, but it's something that gets internalized as a feeling that we are bad, our system still has the hope and the motivation to seek attachment to the good environment. So this internalized feeling of badness is what some people call anxiety. As adults, we, we, it doesn't go away. It, if it just happened once that the environment failed us, we wouldn't feel it as significantly as we do now. But the reality is, is that every human being pretty much, it's a total jackpot if somehow this is not the case, but it's seriously the case in most cases. And then, you know, there's a continuum of how bad it can be, but all of us experience the attunement failures continuously. It's not something that is that parents are educated about or modeled for. So this is that kind of epidemic of misattunement and trauma that we have been perpetuating, but now there's education and modeling of ways to break that pattern, which is so exciting for this time on the planet that we, we live in right now. So because it's chronic misattunement, so many examples and so many ways I could give about how our attunement needs are met. This feeling of badness is continuously being internalized while our system is forming, while our psychological, before our psychological sense of self even forms, that feeling of badness is already internalized. So it's right at the root of our personality and our personal sense of self. What people feel as anxiety and as depression what the Buddha called suffering, what Brene Brown calls shame, what Narm calls internalized self-hatred. And in my experience, this is the root of our trauma. Because this is not, this is a non-linear way of looking that it's not one thing that happened to you that then through cause and effect has created why you feel so bad as an adult. But in, if we want to dig in in a linear way, this is at the root of every bad feeling that we have, of every unsavory behavior we can't control. It's coming back to this most painful and at one point, that what the system thought was the most necessary, you know, method to adopt. 
So when we're looking, when we're feeling in these mundane ways, our trauma in our daily life, which we all feel it arise through the challenges of daily life, the best thing we could do is to remember where it came from and to sit with that root of the feeling of badness and to sit with that badness and it's top down and bottom up from the bottom we feel it in our body as a part of us that was set in place when we were children and infants and we feel that and hold that and from the top down we remember all of the information that explains to us what attunement is and how internalized badness comes into place and you know what how that's a something from the past and what our capacities are in the future and maybe we journal about it and reinforce our capacity to think and problem solve and objectify and step out of those feelings and see things for how they really are. Because as I mentioned in the last podcast, sometimes the change of perspective is exactly what's needed to provide healing. And we want to have access to both. We want to have access to changing and expanding, reorganizing perspectives, and also feeling and integrating and completing the energy inside of our body inside of our energy body, which is our tissues and our nervous system and the ways that they all communicate with each other through connective tissues and water and the breath and the oxygen. So just like the bad person podcast, there's a lot in this one and I feel like it's uh, worth a re-listen, you know, give it the space of a week, come back to it, journal your thoughts about it. Let this be part of your psychoeducation process. And of course, we offer more in-depth and skillful containers where we kind of hold a stronger space and elaborate deeper on this psychoeducation while you're being supported. So if you haven't seen our silent retreats and you live in WA, definitely check those out. They are we have a new container coming out that's purely for healing and this material called the deconditioning retreats. And if you're looking to do something that's purely online, we also have that option as well with the therapeutic embodiment training. So if you have any questions, get in touch with us. And as you know, these podcasts are offered freely. So in exchange, I would love for your support. I don't like to do, and I don't do, you know, paid Facebook ads. I'm more interested in collaborative and creative solutions for getting this material out there for those who need it. And your support makes a huge difference in helping us to spread functional spirituality in your community. So screenshot the episode or press the little share button and share the episode with a friend. They might already listen, but they need the reminder. And make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you see when new episodes arise and it's going to increase the chance that functional spirituality integrates into your life. Thanks for listening and I will chat with you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe. 
by pressing the plus button on iTunes or the following button on Spotify. This is going to ensure that this resource is available and top of mind when you most need it. So please subscribe now.